Huddle Up podcast is sponsored by Arena Eats. Log on to the website, arenaeats.app, that's arenaeats.app, for the ultimate fan experience. At your favorite sports venue, Arena Eats mobile app, pre-order, express pickup, and in-seat delivery. How do you place your order? Let's go! Huddle up on three! One, two, three! Huddle Huddle up! up. No one, and I mean no one, comes into our house and pushes us around. This is your game now, gentlemen. Russian three, drop it eight. steps up, loads and throws. It's caught. It's pitched backwards, up in the air. It's on the ground, still in Clemson's hands. And now it is down. It is over. And the Irish have knocked off number one Clemson. Fans on their feet. Rally towels are being waved. Brad Lidge stretches. The 0-2 pitch. Swing and a miss. Struck him out. The Philadelphia Phillies are 2008 World Champions of Baseball. Eller for the draw. And as the puck drops, the words that D.C. fans have been waiting to hear since 1974. The Washington Capitals are the 2018 Stanley Cup champions. And now, welcome everyone to the Huddle Up Podcast. We're not going to be fucking sucked this year. We're the Stanley Cup champions. Yeah! Hello everyone, welcome to Huddle Up Podcast. We are live on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. We are glad to be back with you on a Tuesday evening. Sean and Jim with you. And uh, we're going to be talking to you for the uh, next hour or so, talking sports. Obviously, looking back at this past weekend, looking ahead to next season, uh, the NHL having some of their own issues right now. We'll get into all of it. Uh, but first, Sean, how we doing this week, man? Well, you know we're doing. Uh, threw a threw a bunch at the Chiefs and uh, didn't stick. So, you know, we got that to lament a little bit. But uh, from what I understand of the of the folks down here, there was a there was a game this weekend, uh, and um, folks are folks are pretty excited uh, down here. Um, I would imagine, I would imagine that they are uh, pretty happy. The rest of us, I think, fairly. Sad that uh, we have now once again reached the end of the football season. So let's uh, just just take a moment here. That we are, of course, without uh, our weekend pigskin until uh, until August. Um, yeah, nothing uh, nothing going. But uh, cold snaps gone. It's warm again down here. 
folks have Shut up. championship <laughs> under their shoulders. You know, on they're uh, they're pretty pretty fired up. Just I, waiting for the sports talk to get even more annoying. Champa Bay being printed everywhere. I was going to say that's that's got to be the the uh, resounding uh, you know statement you know endorsement. I'm mean, getting a little tired of them counting um, American League champions and. Uh, I, like I even thought, I, I thought the Rowdies had won the whole thing. Everything they show with them says like Eastern, Eastern something champions, Eastern Conference, Eastern Division. I'm like, did they actually? Do you, are you guys counting those? You counting this the 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 divisional round, the 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 conference championship, so to speak? You think Kansas City's excited because they're yeah? What was champions. that? What was that the other year? Um, the Nashville Predators put up a. a- um, a president's was it now? Was it a president's trophy banner or I don't know? There was there was some sort of banner the Na- the Nashville Predators raised that was basically just like it was laughable because it was they were basically just like celebrating. Well, it's like, a fairly new franchise. You don't have a lot of I mean, 20- banners in the rafters. Looking for something to decorate with. I I don't know. I I feel it's more of one of those where maybe you put um like one with years. You know, you put up like conference champions. Or uh, something like that. I don't know, but uh, but I guess if you want to put up a most wins or a president's trophy banner that just has like a small year on it with room for more years as you get more, I guess maybe you I go don't that know. route. I, I I don't know. It's you didn't win, right? <laughs> you know, it's 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 a little it's a little much. But you know, like you said, when you have but hey, two out of three major sports. And you know that's the thing. Like for for Tampa is is I mean, and technically baseball is probably the next one around. So I mean, you yeah. could potentially have three, three in a row. I I don't know how that's going to work out. Like I guess even, hockey might come around first. Yeah, I mean, but even still, I mean, you 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 know, if you have four major sports in the U.S. and half half your half your teams in your city are are reigning champions, it's not a lot of leagues. Well, half are half are in in the Bay down here. The other half. In Los Angeles, so yeah. Well, I, I mean, you can't, you, but you can't make a cool rhyme like Champa Bay with Los Angeles. I guess I guess you know, not, not really. They would have done it already because this isn't the first time, right? And I guess that's the, the other big difference with. Well, with, if it's two, it could be Dos Angeles. Well, there you go. There you go. Stick with the Spanish, you know. Yeah, yeah. Dos Angeles. That's a close. Maybe yeah, I that one trademark that there you go yeah seriously of course that means they're only ever shooting for two no it would just it would just mean it would just mean that 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 they're currently the dose like the the dose champions you know it doesn't have to be permanent doesn't mean it's all you're aiming for but by the way i hope they don't win another well i hope tampa doesn't either sean i mean i'm not a fan of a tampa team i mean i i was rooting i don't know i don't know how uh, the rays i mean you never know what the rays they, they spend a lot of money on uh like international talent, they 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 use their dollars real well, uh, you know, for value guys. But uh, they had some pitchers that cashed in. You know, what I mean, Blake Snell gone. I mean, you still got a good chunk of the rotation in the bullpen there, but uh, some bullpen pieces are gone, and um, and you're gonna have to fill some holes in the lineup too. So a lot of question marks there. And from what I hear, New York's got a pretty good squad there. Yeah, and I mean, the AL East. but let's be honest. If if a team in the NA, in the AL East is going to win. And it's not going to be my Orioles because it's not. 
Well, I was going to say, I hope that's a statement. It's, it's not it's going a, to yeah, be Yeah, that, that's the statement. It's not going to be my Orioles. Right. There's no if then, before that. Then, I mean, I'd much rather it be Toronto or Tampa. Yeah, why not get Toronto in there? They, they've had a lot of promise here past few years. Get them. Well, uh, I guess they're kind of Buffalo currently because I, I was going to say, are they I, not allowed to I would play imagine. I would imagine they're not going to be playing in Toronto at least at the start of this season because I think the border yeah. – is still closed, but we'll we'll get to baseball. I mean, uh, I know. Yeah, I hope so. I'm excited. I, I know trucks. Um, Phillies trucks are Philly, on their way. Here. I would assume most most teams from up north are, are on their way uh, yeah, to where they baseball are. Baseball equipment east of the Mississippi is headed my direction. It is. It is headed your all way. Headed, headed right towards Clearwater. With my um, scattered towns of major league affiliates. Yeah, yeah. Up and down the coast. You know, so it's pretty so, exciting stuff. So we will uh we will obviously look at look towards the baseball season uh, as we get a little bit closer to it still aiming for an April 1 uh opening day. So that's that's you know, month and a half from now. So we're 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 plugging Here's along. Home. But let's let's look back to this past weekend, Sean, and um you know, the team I was rooting for um got it done, the team that I predicted um with the under. I had Tampa and the under. So it doesn't happen a lot on this show that I actually hit both on the big target, but uh, it happened. So I finished the year thirty nine and thirty seven. Overall, you finished the year forty one and thirty five uh, with the loss. So we knew you were going to pick up the win, but uh, both of us above five hundred on our picks for the year, um, and and that's where that's where we sit. And I think next week I want to dig back uh, on the college football and NFL predictions uh, from where we were uh, from preseason and just kind of compare. Uh, to what we were at, yeah. Because uh, I think as we rolled through it, I had I had Tampa going pretty far, and then I I backed it down. I took them on to win the division. And well, you I didn't want them. Down. <laughs> I didn't want them, so I like backed them down, and and I and I, I think I had the Chiefs though. I, I do. I think I had the Chiefs. I think I had Chiefs Eagles was my final. I had a, I had a or something yeah. I was going like to say that. I'm pretty sure you did put the Eagles in, which I mean it's the. Oh, whole... you know what? I didn't because I I do Eagles Chiefs every year, and I went like Eagles Ravens. I was nowhere close. Um, but I feel like, you know, the chiefs were the easy one. The NFC was, was harder to predict, but like, I, I think as the, I think as the season went on, um, you know, I, I really did feel, um, like it, it, it was going to be, it was going to be Tampa's to lose. Like it, it, they, especially over the last month of the regular season and then through the playoffs and the craziest thing about the playoffs. Um, and if you're following along with us in the live video, give us a share. Appreciate that. Get, uh, some more eyes in here on the uh, on the show. Um, I think one of the craziest things about it is if you look at this playoff year, the team that gave Tampa the biggest fits, the team that gave Tampa probably the the, the closest thing to a loss uh, that they got was the Washington football team back in the wild card weekend. And, and we had talked about that, I think, going into it, that, that if, if Tampa could get by Washington, and, and we wouldn't have been shocked if, if Washington would have pulled the upset, but we thought – that, that that Tampa had a team that that looked like it was going to uh to make a run and obviously they certainly did a 31 to 9 uh victory over the Kansas City Chiefs um this one uh was close and then the anthem finished and 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 that's that's about all she wrote uh for Kansas City um looking over uh, just a, a few of the stats and a couple of the ones that I highlighted that I think were uh really one of the big things Sean that that, that made the difference in this game um, Patrick Mahomes sacked three times for 37 yards. Um, the, uh, Tom Brady sacked only once for six. Uh, of course the two turnovers by Mahomes on the interceptions, uh, no turnovers by the Buccaneers. 
Um, and then penalties. Now, now this is one that obviously garnered a lot of headlines on Sunday. Um, four penalties for the Buccaneers, 39 yards, 11 uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs for a total of 120 yards. Obviously, those um, some some big yardage penalties in the first half uh, with some pass interferences. Um, you know, and and a lot of people, you know, uh, are are not the biggest fans of Tom Brady uh, over the course of his career. Um, we're, we're very quick to kind of go, uh, you know, you know, the, the referees are in the bag for Brady. They want Brady to win. Um, and well, I, when there's smoke, James, it's 31 <laughs> to nine though. Like, I mean, where was what now the one in the end zone before, before the touch, that should have been a holding, not a pass interference that there was nothing else. Now, have I seen some of those calls not be called in the regular season? Sure. But I've also seen things that are less be called. So, like, th- there's no secret the NFL has an officiating problem. And we've discussed that ad nauseum uh, on this show year after year after year. There's no there's no questioning that the NFL has an issue when it comes to officiating consistency and, um, you know, just, r- you know, right or wrong, uh, what have you. But but I, I, the, I think the, the call to... Um, well, they're just, they're just in it for Brady is, it's just kind of lazy. I mean, uh, I did look back on the season, the Kansas city chiefs were the fourth most penalized team in the NFL. So this isn't like they're, you know, that they were, well, yeah, well, and their defensive backs do have a, a kind of a track record of of holding and things. And they found themselves in some, you know, kind of shootout games, uh, both in spite of it and because of it. Uh, but it, um, the one that stood out to me was was there was a the honey badger interception that there was a they called a defensive holding on the play and when you watched it back now this isn't necessarily like for Brady thing but it would have been a big turnaround and it wasn't quite at the the score there sure. um, but it was a, uh, a a down an up the field official with like some people in his way through the flag it was kind of one of those questionable and it was I mean it's kind of a big turner because when when Matthew makes that interception. Yeah, I'm like, okay, turn it around, you know, and and uh, you get a chance to do something, and uh, that one caught my eye. the The other one that like I can see why it was called uh, was kind of the, the the Mike Evans down the sidelines, and at first glance, it looked like he got hit pretty good, um, you know, and and fell to his his stomach. Uh, the throw was questionably catchable. I mean, I know it landed close enough to assume it was catchable. Mostly because Mike Evans is a freak of nature, right? Exactly. Um, you got to take into account but, the athleticism uh, of the receiver. When they showed the replay; very, it was actually very minimal contact. It happened pretty early, and I think it, it definitely. In, when when you uh, took a second look at it, you could tell Evans realized he wasn't getting there, and just kind of oh, Evans sold it. it. A flop. Yeah, Evans. It, Evans it felt bad. the the touch of his feet. And, and he's like, I'm going down. But here's the thing, too, and and that's that's positional awareness by Mike Evans because that referee's in front of him, so all right. he all he's going to see is a is a defensive back going down, and then he goes Mike down. Mike Evans going down, right? And and at that angle, and and people, that's another thing that when we're watching games from the angle that we're watching it is very different. We talked about this back in the in the Chiefs Browns game with the helmet to helmet. Um, and the angle that that side judge was at, same situation. You're 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 in you're in a position on the field where you're you're looking at Mike Evans. So you see a defensive back go down. And here's the thing: like I know guys who have played defensive back in 
high school and college. Sure. And they are told, if you are going down, take the receiver down. Now, it's a little different in college and high school. It's only 15 yards. But still, well, yeah, in college and high school, it's like even if you take tackle. Evans down there, that's a spot foul. It, I don't think it was super down. You know, I don't think it was like super. It obviously, gave him a first down. It was in the red zone. I know that, but it still saves a touchdown, gives your defense an opportunity to make a stop. But if you let him run free, then it, that, that's possibly six. So, um, you know, from that angle, again, you know, Evans Evans made the smart play. Um, you know, on, on replay, was it quote unquote questionable? Sure. But the bottom line is here. If, if you look at this game, um, you know, a, a couple of calls in the first half aren't the difference. Like, yes, was the, was the, the one and now granted the one on, uh, the, the, the Matthews, um, interception. Yeah. I mean, that's obviously it, it changes the game because the bucks still have the ball. They go down and score. Um, you know, so, but would the chiefs have scored would have gone three and out. Um, I mean, by, by all accounts, looking over the rest of the game, the Chiefs probably don't score a touchdown. I mean, no guarantee the Bucks get one uh, get one back. But the game was thirty-one to nine. Um, and and what what had happened in this game is what I thought could happen with the injuries that the Chiefs had on the offensive line. Is the Buccaneers' defense credit in the entire world goes out to them because. They dominated at the line of scrimmage. They got in Mahomes' face, but also, and I think this is this is probably as critical to anything because, as we learned from, uh, I think it was a graphic I saw on Bleacher Report, Patrick Mahomes ran for almost 500 yards in this game to escape the pressure from the Bucks' defense. And that's, I mean, I'm not saying he runs that much in a normal game, but he moves around and he usually finds Tyreek Hill, who's running around like a madman, um... And, and, and they're able to make these crazy plays. The Bucks defense did a spectacular job at making sure that those type of plays did not happen. So, like, you know, you want to talk about penalties and, and, and swings of games and all this, but the, the first thing that I think should be done when you're talking about Super Bowl 55 is giving the credit in the entire world to that Buccaneers defense and their coaching staff to prepare themselves and, and do what they had to do to contain that Chiefs offense. Oh yeah, and I know it's not physically possible, but you know, and 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 there was really hard to believe a scenario where uh, the Buccaneers were going to win with that score and not give it to an MVP to Tom Brady. Uh, and obviously, coaches can't win MVPs, but I think there's an argument to be made. That, you know, at, at least a, at least a shout out to him um, for Todd Bowles, who who threw together a, a phenomenal defensive game plan. Um, do I think that? Some of their success falls on the, the Chiefs' inability to get creative, which which was baffling to me a little bit. I felt in the first quarter, um, you know, when the game was still well in hand, you know, you know, well in doubt, and, and obviously could have, could have been anybody's game. Um, the Chiefs were doing a really great job of, um, you know, they were moving the pocket and and using uh, extra blockers and uh, factoring in a tight end to kind of mask uh, and and control the situation as kind of an awareness of hey, we do have some holes here but we're going to get creative and move it around. And I just kind of thought as the game went along, uh, I don't I don't know what Andy was was doing. I don't know if they just didn't have time to get creative, uh, if there were more injuries than I was aware of, but um but it didn't it didn't feel as creative and it and it didn't feel now this game is, you know, 30 to 9, you know, great job defense, blah blah blah. Um there there's obviously two very impressive plays and you know, people are posting about them with Pat Mahomes all over the place. Uh, there were two throws where he was essentially horizontal, 
making shortstop throws to first base, except that first base was 40 yards away. And he was, and he hit two receivers in their face without a catch. And yeah. one of those should have been a Tyreek touchdown that would have been the first touchdown of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, that sets up a whole different ball game. Um, you know, obviously very different playing in front of a home crowd with the lead and playing in front of the home crowd without one. Uh, so that sets that one up. And the other one, I, I, I don't remember if it was Hardman or Pringle or who, who got hit in the face on I that. I think it was Hardman. But, man. You know, it's it's kind of one of those, and I don't know when you look at the, when you look at some of the statistics, like the fact that through three quarters, Pat uh, Pat Mahomes had um, was still kind of at a point where he had as many rushing yards as passing yards uh, was just baffling, and 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 I don't know if Tyreek Hill was taken out of the game like just by by safeties, but I, I thought late in the game they tried to get him some underneath stuff, and I'm like, you should have done that way before this. Yeah, uh, you know, they had to get the ball in his hands more, and Kelsey Kelsey was hot, so why not? You know, keep feeding him, but but even I, I early on, even early it was a really on, though, strange offensive performance, especially with a struggling defense. Um, I don't know. I, I think the Chiefs' offense lends itself well to being, um, you know, obviously to being a deep threat. But I, I don't know that with that kind of speed, you can easily do underneath stuff and hope it breaks. Um, I just, I just was kind of disappointed that didn't happen. Yeah, even early on, though, like like Kelsey was dropping passes. Um, it, it was just a very uncharacteristic game, uh, for the Chiefs crazy. offense. And I mean, you're going to have those games. Uh, unfortunately they, they you don't had, want it to be this one. No, yeah. they, they had it on the, uh, on the biggest stage, which is never good, but, um, it's, it's going to happen. There are going to be times when, when, uh, things don't click and, and, and things just don't, uh, work out. And again, missing three starters, um, on the uh, on the offensive line, including your left tackle, against this defense is is never uh, gonna gonna bode well uh, for the uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, you know, I I also wonder too, and and I mean they they kind of glazed over it, and I I, I get why, but you ha- you have to wonder too if um, you know obviously the um, the the situation with Andy Reid's son um, didn't, didn't play into it in, in some degree, just with uh, preparation and, and guys' minds being elsewhere. I mean, you know, Andy's, uh, you know, a big family guy. He's had, he's had tragedies in his family in the past. And, and you got to wonder if, if that didn't play into it as well, the chiefs definitely did not look, um, you know, like their normal selves. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Super Bowl 30, uh, 55 in the books, 31, uh, to nine again in favor of, uh, the Tampa Bay, um, Buccaneers, yeah, and Jason Pierre-Paul was I – mean, oh. Jack Barrett had himself a game, but Pierre-Paul was everywhere. Um, of course, picking up his second Super Bowl ring, so like one for each finger he has left, which oh. is pretty great. Um, there will never be a time that I don't find Jason Pierre blowing up his hand and making – No, it's it, – you know – You can make fun of that immediately, next day. Like, there's no waiting. There's no, like, oh, no, too No, because no, you, should know to, you should know to not play with fireworks. You're a professional athlete who You're is an adult. better your hands than without – you're an what adult. Have blown off your arm, right? Or like, you know, or, or leg. killed you, <laughs> or or yeah, exploded you dead. You know what I mean? Like you were lucky. You're worth way too much to yourself and to other people. At the very least, monetarily, right? Like maybe you're worth nothing to yourself, and if that's the case, call someone. But if it otherwise, if like you're at least worth a lot of money, at the very base, and you have a skill set that people yeah. would probably stab someone in the heart to have. So, like, 
Stop doing stupid things. Yeah, if there's one, maybe easy. he should go out there and be like, you know, stop doing stupid things. Put both rings on both fingers. <laughs> go out there and be like, I could get more, but what's the point? I mean, Don't you know, he was he up. was uh this, this state could use some coaching. There's fireworks for he, he I'm did, pretty sure there's gonna be fireworks for Valentine's Day. There's fireworks all year. Probably. I mean but there he uh he did great. He came off the sideline, gave guys a high three and a half. It was it was really a great scene. Uh, for Jason Pierre-Paul <laughs> on the sideline. Um, was there any commercials, Sean, that, that you uh, – is there one that, that you, you enjoyed the most before we talk well, about Well, there, there's one that, that blew up, and it, it was a really late commercial, uh, but there's one that's been blowing up on Twitter, and, and it was like the, the stunt double State Farm commercial with like um, – Drake from State Paul Farm? Rudd as, it was like Paul Rudd as Pat Mahomes and like the – Rogers double check guy as Aaron Rodgers and they were like angry about it and then it was Drake from State Farm was Jake from State Farm which was hilarious because he's one of the few people to walk on that screen more Jack than Jake from State Farm uh, and I yes. thought that one was really great the one that slipped under the radar I haven't heard anybody talk about was the Bud Light commercial where they brought back like the Bud Light Legends Bud Light Legend dude I and love Bud Light Legends put it together. And, and, and you know, Dr. Galakowicz was there and like, I mean, and yes, I am. And it was just, it was. You had the Bud Bowl bottles. Everyone. Uh, it was yeah. amazing. The real American hero guy singing. You had the Dilly Dilly guy. Oh, yeah. The, the lead singer from Survivor. Right. Yeah, it was Dude, I love that. And I think. They real, were... And it made me remember real men of genius. And you know what? This week I'm going to have to watch, you know, if, if there's anybody oh, listening so to this that has not doesn't remember the real men of genius bud light ads just go on youtube and check it out you'd be surprised how long the like collection of those actually oh, is there's there so many there's yeah. so many of them it's 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 unbelievable. All hilarious yes yeah like that was a great call by they were talking about that really to pay you know like that guy <laughs> they were talking about it on stern on howard stern and they were like they didn't get it but it's like if you don't pay attention to Bud Light right. ads and don't don't like watch and, and remember, then you yeah you won't get it because it was a callback uh, to to so many of the great ones. I I did like here's um, to you really bad toupee wearer. <laughs> yeah. The um the the Will Ferrell one was really good. And yeah, the, that was pretty good. There were some disappointing. There were a couple like kind of more heartfelt you know attempts, which which was cute. Um, I was a big fan of, uh, was it DoorDash or one of them doing like the, the like homage to like restaurant workers. Yeah. With the Sesame wow. street. Right. Yeah. Well it was that one. And then it was like that one I liked, I liked the Sesame street one, but I thought they were like any of the ones where those commercials, like those DoorDash companies are like, we're here to support local businesses. But they also charge thirty percent delivery. Yeah, I was gonna say like it sounds so good. Like, it sounds good. But for a few million dollars, you can convince America you care. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, so the the M and M's like the the sorry one that was in the first quarter. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was pretty good. That one I liked. Um, the uh, the lemons, the Bud Light Seltzer lemons, where the where it was raining lemons. Okay, that one had its moments. That like I was like, "What good. is happening here?" And then I watched the guy get drilled in the face. Yeah, I'm like, "This is worth it." Like I watched that all day. And the the, um, the other ones were the Rocket Mortgage, the Tracy Mortgage, the, the Pretty Sure, the difference. Oh, pretty sure. Yeah. The difference pretty between sure. Pretty Sure and Absolute. 
I'm pretty sure we'll make. It. Yeah, the, those those are pretty uh, pretty good. So those are some. There were like, a couple big names that arrived in some commercials. Had a couple of those. You know, um, wasn't there one with like a? I'm trying to remember if it was like a Patrick Stewart or so. There was one with like one of the big uh, sci-fi names was in there, and I don't know. I, I, I thought Stewart. I thought as a whole it was kind of a down year, but when you have a couple major companies. Oh, I thought the Matthew McConaughey Doritos 3D was entertaining enough. Yeah, it was very predictable because I'm like, he's going to go in that machine and he's going to expand. Yeah, I uh, I got my Please. hands on some of those the the 3D Doritos and they are delicious. The spice, oh, yeah, the, oh, yeah, I remember the them spicy from- ranch. Oh. The spicy ranch are amazing. The 3D uh, Doritos. There's a lot of people in a lot of arcades and they're very bugle esque. Very that are good. very excited that that's back. And if Code Red's still available by the bottle, you know, break out your old Xbox. I believe it is. I believe Halo. you can still get Code Red by the by the. Go in the Halo. Just do it. In, just do put it. Put in 3D Doritos. You'll be fine. Now you can get like stuffed crust from anywhere. Just <laughs> have yourself a party. But uh, before we close the 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 book on on this Super Bowl and this super in this football season. Um, one of the things talked about, um, on social media and, uh, sports media and stuff yesterday and, and immediately following the game, um, like all of a sudden they've changed from, is Tom Brady the greatest of all time? Because I think we know the answer to that question. It is a resounding yes. You may not like him, but Tom Brady is the winningest franchise in the NFL. <laughs> so, yeah, and, and he, he, you know, you, you didn't really... I don't know if I really put it together until it was happening, but he actually, by leaving New England to do number seven, pulled that off. Because if he'd have done it in New England, then yeah. he would have seven. So would so New would New England. England. But now he has seven. They have six. His. But now he has seven by himself, going on eight. You know, and um, you know. I don't know. You look at all the weapons and the pieces that came in and, you know, you ask yourself, is this the greatest accomplishment of his career? Probably uh, minus the first year. We talked about that before. Um, More impressively, I wish, you know, I was trying to throw some, you know, take some guesses at touchdowns and who's going to score what and when and did not have Gronk scoring two. Probably, probably should have. Yeah, that one, uh, I mean, when he hit hit him with the first one, it was like okay. Touchdowns like Gronk, Gronk, Antonio Brown. The payout on that would have been pretty decent. I mean, it's all former Patriots. I mean, Antonio Brown was a Patriot for like three and a half quarters. So uh, technically, it's true. Yeah, it's true. It happened. But like the the the, the discussion I saw change. Um, it has kind of morphed from is Tom Brady the greatest of all time to is Tom the greatest, and I've seen it worded different ways, like. Best athlete ever, best professional yeah. athlete ever, best. Like now you're trying to stack him outside. Like of best team sport athlete ever. Um, so I kind, I did, I did pose the question, and and uh, you know, is he the greatest professional athlete of all time? Like, I guess it depends how you, how exactly you define or look yeah, at athlete. Yeah, are, are you? Are you saying athlete by definition, which is like, uh, you know, a, a like the like basically like is the, going against Michael Phelps, right? Like would be my question. Like, like are we, going are, are we talking at, like because like the definition of athlete, and I, I like I want to pull it up here because like the way it's worded, he probably is. Um, 
but like to me, athlete is more athletic, athleticism. And Tom Brady is not the most athletic because it says the definition of, of athlete is a person who is proficient in sports and other forms of physical exercise. So, like, I mean, in terms of team sports. Well, here, here's the thing. Like, saying Tom's not athletic. I'm not saying is, that. It's a bit understatement. I, Tom, Tom is way more athletic than I think people give him credit for. I mean, because for one thing, there's two forms of athleticism. There's the Lamar Jackson, Michael Vick school of athleticism, which is just raw physical ability, speed, quickness, um, you know, jumping ability. You get into guys like Randy Moss with the, the speed and the jumping ability. Those kind of things, Tom Brady is not at the top of even his position in those things. But there's also a level of athleticism, which is having your entire body in shape. To the level where, I mean, he's played how many years? He's 43? Well, the, uh, yeah, I mean, he's... So he's been in the league two decades? Yeah, 20 years. So, and he's he had the, the one fluke knee injury in a week one with a with a shoulder or a helmet to the front of the leg, which would probably snap anyone's leg. And beyond that, he has nowhere in his career where he's missed large sections of games I don't even know if he's missed games. Beyond that, I don't. I mean, I know he's missed parts of games for you know a hand or a an elbow, and Lord knows he was always questionable with a shoulder. But like, that's just the Patriots being the Patriots. And and he went. He's gone two decades at forty three years old, has fewer injuries than probably players half his age, and is really never in question going to. Um, really put himself in scenarios where that happens. Some of it's being smart. Some of it's just being able to take licks. Tom Brady, the second highest uh, sacked quarterback in the history of the NFL, by the way, mostly because of longevity, uh, behind Brett Favre, of all people, most sacked quarterback. Well, I mean, Favre played more than any quarterback ever. And and Brady's taking his licks, man. I mean, it's not like he's spent every season on his feet. And even if you're getting penalties called on other teams, if you think they're against teams that aren't haven't don't have Tom Brady on them, there's, uh, I mean, he's still taking you. those hits, right? Um, and he just gets back up and he goes back to the huddle. And he, well, that's the thing; he's the most sacked. But I would also say he's, you know, he also takes hits that aren't sacks. Like, you know what I mean? Lot. So if he's the second most sacked ever, think of the number of times he's been knocked down. Yeah. Outside of that, a couple of responses, like you know, I think a couple people. Um, we're kind of saying uh, what we're saying is like, you know, it's hard to use the same and different um, criteria for different sports. Um, but Tom Brady is arguably the greatest football player of all time uh, and the greatest quarterback of all time. Um, that's from uh, Jerome. Uh, Nate says he's the greatest quarterback who's also the greatest making his teammates better. Um, and then uh, Tyler says professional athlete. No greatest quarterback. Maybe. Uh, well, he's the greatest quarterback, Tyler. I think Ty- I think Tyler's the guy that uh, was was calling foul on Brady after week one when he threw, like, the three interceptions. So I think Tyler's just mad that Tom Brady won the Super Bowl uh, and is just trying to find ways to uh, – but, but he did go on to say, like, you know, it's hard to compare uh, an NFL quarterback to an NHL left wing to a point guard in the NBA, which which I get it, like – and and, well, I th- and, it's, and it's impossible. Yeah. Uh, you know, but, but I, I mean, obviously football player is the argument quarterback. There really isn't one. 
And it's it's like uh, you know when you when you stack them up, obviously more rings than say a Jerry Rice or you know whoever you want to say the best running back or the best. Qu- Once you have your opinion of the best, then you can start to pick between them, and even that's hard to do because there's a lot of positions that are just as effective. When you look at like a position like middle linebacker or you know in in a certain era of football, a, a, a very good safety like a Ronnie Lott or a you know yeah. um, someone like that that you know. And there's a lot of players that didn't win, you know, so depending what your definition is, you know, a Dan Marino that didn't win or, you know, uh, Reggie White that got one. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, is, is there is there really a, you know, once you've been to the play, because I think the real thing is, is you got to look at like, are you a team that made it to the playoffs a bunch of times? Because we've I've talked to you before about once that herd thins and you get to like your strongest handful of teams. Sure. Any of those teams can win on any given Sunday. So the real test to me is like, are you making championship games? Are you winning at least a playoff game every year? Are you there? Like, are you knocking on the door? Because only one team gets through the door. You know, and then, you know, Jim Kelly loses four Super Bowls. Is that worse than somebody sneaking through and getting one? Like, I, I don't I don't really know why people, you know, I, I don't like to give the merit to just the rings. But Tom Brady has enough of other accolades beyond that. You know, but when you stack them up against a, a Wayne Gretzky, which, by the way, is the other sport where it's a no-brainer. Like, hockey, to me, is the other sport yeah. where it's like, yeah, not even close. Yeah, it's Wayne. You know, could you make the argument, well, Mario Lemieux might have, might have. Right, know, you can't, you know, exactly, and he had injuries and stuff like that. Like, like He's chasing the records, they're playing at the same time, does Gretzky skate hard? I mean, he, he's a long way behind Gretzky in some of those categories, so... Um, I mean, Gretzky just utter dominance. Uh, yeah, for, I mean, Mario is probably the, the closest. Mario is probably the closest thing to probably. it. Probably. Um, and there's different eras. Gordy Howe played for four decades, which is un. Yeah, the guy played into of. his fifties. Like, yeah, you know that can't happen anymore unless you're Yammer Yager. I was gonna say Yager's making it close. What is he? Forty-eight, forty-nine, something like that. Something like that playing in Europe. Um, wherever he's at. If there's anybody in today's NHL that would would I make a push for it? I feel like Ovechkin's that guy. Oh, um, well, he's gonna need to to catch somebody at this point. Uh, yeah, especially with the, yeah with these shortened seasons, and God only knows what's gonna happen with the NHL. But but, um, but yeah, it's it's an impossible one to do. And if you're starting to throw individual accolades, he's not even the most decorated because Michael Phelps won all, every race he's ever yeah. been in. But too it's just it's just funny how how you know it it they can't talk about because every year brady you know since brady hit like his fourth they started talking about is he the greatest ever is he the greatest ever and now he's at seven you can't there's no argument there so it's well, just that's what i was about to say is they're just moving the post here, at this point greatest here most athletic there whatever you want to give him i don't, I don't think he cares because when you ask the question who's won more super bowls than anyone in history it's tom yeah, and it's never going to happen again. That's it. It's never going to happen again. No. Like, nobody's playing no this long. I mean, obviously, a couple of those teams will probably hit seven. That's no no doubt. I mean, the oh, league's sure. going to keep going eventually. Steelers Pittsburgh, will get it. New England will get it. Yeah. Dallas, maybe. <laughs> we'll see. You know, San Francisco, you know, those the other teams with five. Those teams are close. And, and um, yeah, who knows? Maybe Tampa will get there. Yeah, I mean. They, they, they only need five. That's right. Um, Tom plays to fifty. We got a shot, and he might. I mean, the guy's aging in reverse. Uh, Try to win as many with Tampa as he did with New England <laughs> in less I, time. I did pull up here a statement from the Kansas City Chiefs on outside linebackers coach uh, Britt Reed. 
Uh, he's been placed on administrative leave following last Thursday's multi-vehicle accident. We remain in the process of gathering information on the incident. We will con- continue to assist local authorities as requested. Our focus remains on Ariel Young and her family. Uh, we have reached out to the family to offer our support and resources to them uh, during this difficult time, and we will continue to pray for her recovery. So uh, Andy Reid's son there um, on administrative leave, which is, I mean, th- that that's probably the best course of action uh, based on the information that, that had come out. So, um, you know, that that's a situation that's just, you know, obviously super unfortunate. And, uh, uh, you know, our thoughts go to the, uh, the family of the, um, the young family, the, uh, the, the young girl that's, uh, and I believe still in critical condition, but, um, yeah. wrapping up, uh, Super Bowl. let's look ahead to, uh, next year, Sean, before we, uh, before we go to break, the uh, the odds for next year, Super Bowl 56, uh, are out. And I saw the NFL release the logo for the first time in years, actually uh, putting some color back in the logo uh, instead of just the uh, silver monochromatic. But your, uh, your favorites, and this is per DraftKings Sportsbook, the Kansas City Chiefs uh, are your favorite to win the Super Bowl next year at plus 550 um, in the uh, NFC the Packers and Bucks are plus nine hundred right now. So those are your uh, your two highest out of the NFC uh, at plus twelve hundred. Ravens, Bills, and Rams. Uh, Rams higher on this. I mean, obviously we talked about Stafford a week ago, but I told you what he would do. Yeah, Forty um, Niners plus fourteen hundred. Saints plus seventeen hundred. Sean, um, if you had to guess, who are, who is the uh, the worst odds per DraftKings sportsbook? Uh, to win the Super Bowl next year, who do you think it is? I'll give you a hint. Two teams are at the same odds. I would assume the Jets are one of the two. They are not. Okay, so they're going to assume that whoever they end up with is going to make them better. Make them better. Okay, so it's not them. I don't think it should be Jacksonville. That would, if the Jacksonville's a lower odds than the Jets, is Jacksonville one of the bottom two? Jacksonville is is third lowest. Okay, I guess, so I guess, techni- I guess technically second because there's two teams tied. Uh, but the, the Jaguars are lower. The Jets are plus 6,600, as are the Giants and Bengals. The Jaguars are plus uh, 8,000. Well, some of that comes into play. There's like, I mean, the Jaguars, there's teams that are worse. Like the Jets will have people bet on them. Like if you just make them the highest right. odds, it'll just be more. Like there's people in New York that are like, screw it, we'll bet on the Jets. But yeah, the Jags are um, no one's bet on the Jags. So I say the Jags are low. I would say the Lions are probably one of the two. They're one, one of the that's two. That's one. That's one. And geez, I'm trying to think who else was that bad. Um, it's hard to say Houston as long as Deshaun Watson's still there. Um, I'm gonna go Houston. It's Houston. Both yeah. of them are plus ten thousand. Yeah, Houston, which shows you when you have a quarterback like Watson, either a they assume he's gone, or, right. or B that that team is in such shambles that there's no. Which chance. I think either is is a, a fair assessment at this point yeah. uh, with the Houston Texans. Looking at some of the other ones, um, Browns plus twenty two hundred, Seattle plus twenty two hundred, Miami plus twenty five hundred, um, Cowboys plus three thousand, Patriots and Steelers are at plus three thousand as well. Um, and the, just like that, Dallas is as good as the Patriots. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I was hoping it would have been because the Cowboys actually got better, but here we are. No, um, Eagles plus five thousand, along with the Raiders, Bears, Falcons, <laughs> plus and 5, Cardinals. 000. Yeah, 
Washington, Washington and Denver are at plus six thousand. Yeah, so they really think that Washington's going to be worse than the Eagles next year. Well, again, and again, when, you're in, when you're in good football cities and you're in cities that right, it's it's not you know, it's it's betting odds. It's not actual like right. This so is like the Las Vegas Raiders are probably higher on a list when you factor in betting odds than they would be in an actual like analyst breakdown of where teams should rank. Right. Yeah, they're plus five. Vegas is like, well, we'll bet on Vegas. You know, <laughs> bet on my home team. Even though we've never had a home team and they're from Oakland. Woo! Colts, despite you know? not having a quarterback currently, are plus 2,800 uh, with the Chargers and the Titans. I think they just assume that, at worst case, Brissett's fine. Uh, and they're, like, they're, they're, they're just yeah. assuming they're landing someone, even if it's a Sam Darnold. Um, yeah. But I thought that was that was interesting. And we talked about commercials earlier, and then pointing out Brady sticking around in Tampa made me think of it. I don't think they allowed it to be aired, but did you see the T-Mobile Brady Gronk? Yes. Um, My wife showed that to me because... um, where It was just like the one they had in the Super Bowl where it's like, I'm going to explain myself, and then it's like bad coverage. This is what they actually heard. (laughs) Yeah, that one... Was real and it's literally good. Literally, Brady telling or Gronk telling Brady, like, like "Dude, be just retired. retire, come to Florida. You will, you will hang out and you'll be in the sand, and like it's great, man. You get and you like get when they ended, he heard it was like, come to Florida, win another one. Like, yeah, I'll come with like, you. <laughs> I'll come with you. Yeah. And so then he goes to his press conference and announces Gronk will be coming back. And yeah, that one. Uh, it was a pretty good one, and I'm not really sure what allegiances were broken or what rules were stepped upon but uh i think the nfl shot that one down yeah i was gonna say i don't i don't think that you can necessarily put that one on uh the super bowl but uh, i want to remind uh, or uh, let everybody know if you didn't see it on our social media page before we run to commercial here uh our merchandise store is now open if you go to whatamaneuver.net Boom. you will find the uh the huddle of podcast uh page there go to our social media it's under the link tree it's it's on the on the pages today uh, so go over there. You get t-shirts, sweatshirts, hoodies, long sleeve tees. Get baby onesies, uh, all sorts. Women's t-shirts, everything, uh, right there. So make sure you uh go check that out. Uh, we'll have some new designs uh, coming uh, soon as well. But go ahead and grab the uh, the merchandise. And uh, Sean, we're gonna pause now to hear from our sponsor and our home network. And on the other side, we're gonna talk a little more NFL and then talk about the National Hockey League and their COVID problems. So stick with us. Huddle up live. After these messages, we'll be right back. Huddle Up Podcast is sponsored by Arena Eats. Log on to the website, arenaeats.app, that's arenaeats.app, for the ultimate fan experience. At your favorite sports venue, Arena Eats mobile app, pre-order, express pickup, and in-seat delivery. How do you place your order? You're listening to NGSC Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSCSports.com, where you can get awesome analysis on all things sports. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, subscribe to NGSC Sports' YouTube channel. 
Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports and like us on Facebook, NGSC Sports. We never stop. Live, we are here. Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. Make sure you're subscribed to the channel. Make sure you're subscribed to us on social media. We are on Facebook, Twitter at Huddle Up Podcast, and we are on Instagram at Huddle Up Pod. Make sure you subscribe to the show and uh, let everybody know about it. If you uh, have a sports fan in your life, let them know. Make sure they uh, check out the show and tell a friend and continue to grow the audience here uh, each and every week. And uh, I don't know if we'll get a show every single week as we. Uh, you know, come out of the football season and, and with, with less things going on. But we'll uh, probably get a, a, every other week at worst um, over the course of the NFL offseason, keep things going here on the uh, podcast side. But um, along with Super Bowl weekend, Sean, of course, every year is the NFL awards. And uh, well, sure. And and running, you know, from the, from the regular season and, and running down the uh, the list. Um, there's definitely one that I want to talk about because I, I, I just, I think it's crazy. Um, not the guy who won it, but, but the nature in which he won it. But, uh, if there's any that, that you think, uh, are wrong, uh, you know, feel free to, uh, you know, speak up as I run down the list here. Uh, Pepsi rookie of the year was, uh, Los Angeles quarterback, Chargers quarterback, Justin Herbert. I feel like I had that one right. Yeah, that one I would have. I feel like uh, you know Joe Burrow probably would have had a say in it had he not suffered the injury. But yeah, Herbert coming in uh, when he did, uh, I think that was the right one. AP Defensive Player of the Year, uh, Rams defensive lineman Aaron Donald. Um, Did you hear that? That there's reports that initially when the Lions offered, like, were working out a trade for Stafford, that they wanted Donald in the deal. mm Hmm. Yeah, that was apparently a thing, and I'm like, "Well, you better hope to 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 give up a first round pick then." Right? Exactly. My God, Stafford and a first round pick for Goff and Aaron Donald. We are getting somewhere, but yeah, yeah that, that, apparently that was one of the that Oof. was who they wanted wound up with Goff instead. Yeah, good good luck with that. Uh, AP <laughs> Offensive Rookie of the Year again, uh, Los Angeles quarterback uh, Justin Herbert. Uh, AP Offensive Player of the Year. Uh, Titans running back Derrick Henry, um, yeah, hard to argue He's against. Good. Hard to argue against him. Uh, AP Defensive Rookie of the Year, Washington defensive end Chase Young. Uh, I think that's a fair one. Uh, I would say that's pretty good. Art Rooney Sportsmanship Award, Carolina Panthers quarterback Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, this is the one that uh, again, not the guy who won it, but the nature in which he won it. The AP Comeback Player of the Year, Washington quarterback Alex Smith, which we. Boldly predicted. 49 out of 50 votes. One vote. One vote went to Ben Roethlisberger. Like, okay. From the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Shocking. Like, yeah, I, I get it. I get it. it you know. What city he lives in. Like, I get it. Ben Ben's an older guy. 
He had the wrist injury, the elbow, forearm, whatever the hell it was. He had some things going wrong. Had surgery. Typical football ailments. Like, I get it. And in a normal year, maybe he should. Yeah, get a couple of votes at least. Get a, get a couple of votes. Not when a guy survives near death. Right. Like, Alex Smith literally almost lost his leg. Uh, he literally almost lost his life. And not only does he return to the field, the minute that he was cleared to play and on an active roster. And was on a roster and throwing passes before a game. To me, comeback. Comeback player of the year. Then he comes into a game. Comeback player of the year. Becomes a starter. Comeback player of the year. Leads his team to the playoffs. Now, granted, yes, in the worst yeah, division in football. Take, 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 no no but, outside scenario. Let's not talk semantics. He's, he comes in a scenario where he's not mathematically eliminated, gets named the starter, and wins enough games to still not be mathematically eliminated and get in. And that's in Washington. How bad has Washington been for how Awful. many years? One of one of the worst. I mean, we can talk about teams that are that are poorly run. Like that's you know, there's there's no mystery to teams that are oh, poorly we can, run. We have we have talked and several have. times about Washington is run. a has been a terribly run organization for countless years. And, still are and still are maybe a little better because <laughs> you at least have have a good head coach and a solid foundation, but leads the Washington football team, a team without a nickname. To the playoffs. And almost they call themselves the Washington Alex Smiths. Now, granted, he didn't play, but they almost they almost they, they gave the uh, the eventual Super Bowl champion their hardest fight. Now, granted, it's a regular season award. But like this, first off, this award should no longer be AP Comeback Player of the Year Award. This should be AS Comeback Player. This should be the Alex Smith Award. The Alex Smith Award. Um, but but to to. The, the, Which, by the way, I didn't point it out earlier, but that like Tampa Bay almost losing to Washington is like there, there was like a couple really key defensive players that like either were just coming back, yeah. or were out for that game, and they got healthy as the playoffs went on, and it became more and more dangerous. So you were right; getting past Washington was a big step. Yeah, and that, um, that's why but it's I think. Not saying, uh, yeah, it's no, not I'm not saying Washington was a better team, better than the other three. But on yeah. Wild Card Weekend, it was. There was certainly a case to be made that Washington could have pulled the upset, and they almost did. So, um, but yeah, they, they obviously Tampa Bay a better team, um, but yeah, just just the absolute, absolutely asinine to, to vote anybody but Alex Smith this year uh, for that award. Uh, Bridgestone, break that guy's leg. <laughs> exactly, uh, Bridgestone clutch performance play of the year. Uh, Hail Mary TD pass from Kyler Murray to DeAndre Hopkins. The yeah, De- no doubt. Yeah, the Deacon Jones Award, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers pass rusher T.J. Watt. Uh, Bud Light Celebration of the Year is the Steelers celebrating Chase Clay uh, Chase Claypool touchdown. Uh, without yeah, okay. without looking That's at a, a video, stupid. I wouldn't know which one that is. Uh, AP Coach of the Year, Cleveland Browns head I bet coach. The guy that voted for Roethlisberger also voted for that touchdown. Uh, that's probably a pretty good guess. <laughs> uh, AP Coach of the Year, Cleveland Browns head coach Kevin Stefanski. Yeah, it was coach of the year was when we debated, and like I knew the Browns coach was going to be a, but I just felt like the Browns weren't that far. Like I feel like what the Bills did, I still feel like, in my opinion, could you have given it to an Arians or a Reed? Yes. Could you have given it to a? Um, I don't think you give it to Reed. Like they were that team. Well, yeah, but I mean, arguably, if you're going regular season 
and you're going coach of the year. I always look Andy at coach. Andy lost one game. I mean, they had two losses, but the second one was right. like whatever. I, I always look at coach of the year more. I mean, now, you know, Andy granted. Had some. Yeah, but I mean, if, if Kansas City would have went undefeated, I think maybe you have a better. They had to come, one loss. To come off of a Super Bowl. One. Uh, they, they had one. But you also look at the rest of the league. Cleveland. You know they they've bounced through head coaches and yeah the to me, talent was, to me like it was going to be if it wasn't going to be Cleveland and, and I, I think I picked uh, McDermott in Buffalo I thought that was an incredible point or even Lafleur in Green Bay because we had some pretty big name sports talk personalities uh, like the fella at Huddle Up podcast that thought that the Packers were going to crumble into the ground and Aaron Rodgers. Was going to have an awful year. Be traded. He's going to be traded four. by midseason. <laughs> and LaFleur pulled it together. I, I didn't know what it was going to look like. I just didn't see anybody else in that division doing super well. And I was like, why not ride Aaron Rodgers and, and hope they put it together? And they did. And I thought they were a well-run team. Uh, it was creative. It reminded me a little bit of like um, early McVay Rams creativity on offense. But you still saw a good mesh and let where Aaron Rodgers was allowed to make some calls on the field. I think – and. I think they kind of worked out their differences, and as long as the two of them are both there next year, uh, and and some pieces around them, which it doesn't look like Aaron Jones will be, but you know they have some other pieces. I, I think they're going to be fine. Running backs are running backs. Um, the the uh, the other one I I would have thought should have been considered for it, and maybe based on record, uh, they he didn't get his Ron Rivera for taking Washington from what they were and and uh, turning them into a playoff team in one season, like because. Yeah, the Browns have been putting a team together. Was, you know, Rivera comes in, uh, same as Stefanski, because he's first-year head coach. I would argue the Dolphins made borderline the same turnaround. They just weren't in a division with that was crumbling in around them, unfortunately for them. Buffalo was, was growing faster, uh, but but Miami was right there, yeah, and, and I'm not – Yeah, but the rest know, of their division crumbling around them. <laughs> I guess, but New England was right there. They, they they finished ahead of New England, I think, didn't they? Uh, they were at one time. I feel like the maybe, end of the season yeah. kind of fell apart. Yeah, they did kind it's of crumble. A shame they still have no idea who their quarterback is. Right, and, and I think that's part is, is when you, you kind of juggle around. I mean, Meanwhile, while, Ryan Fitzpatrick's like, would somebody just hand me the gloves? Right. Um, but I think, I, think, I think Rivera had a strong case as well. Yeah, but, I mean, why not? Why not have a case? Um, you know, it's uh, pretty impressive. Uh, but Pete Carroll didn't, and that's – that's that, the real moral of the that's story. A, that's, that's the real a beautiful thing. Glory in the in you know kind of kind of in the backbone of holding this whole award up is the fact that Pete Carroll is still garbage. Yes, and if you believe what uh, Russell Wilson talked about on Dan Patrick this morning, and potentially some of the words out of there is Russell Wilson may not be under center in Seattle uh, next year. Well, he's too upset if he's not going to get, you know, and I was going to talk about it at some point if it came up, but, um, you know, I alluded to Tom being the second most sacked quarterback. Russell Wilson is quickly climbing that list. Yeah. Uh, there's only like three or four active quarterbacks ahead of him in there in the top 10, but he's like near the top 10. Um, and what was the, what was the number? I had it ready to go. Um, give me a sec. So, the, the active quarterbacks ahead of him, Roethlisberger, Rodgers, Rivers no longer active, Alex Smith, Drew Brees, and Matt Ryan, all of which are coming into the last few steps of their career. Now, Tom Brady and Brett Favre, Tom Brady, will pro- if he plays next year, will pass Brett Favre. 
Brett Favre's at 525 sacks in his career. Tom Brady, 521. Uh, next close is Roethlisberger at 516. Could he finish at the top? Maybe, if he comes back. But no one else is going to get those. Next closest is Rodgers at 468. Russell Wilson is currently sitting at 20th all-time. He's 32 years old. Jesus. And has been sacked 394 times. So he's really only 120-odd sacks behind Brett Favre, who played until he was like 45. Yeah. At 32 years old. His per season stack, and the Dan Patrick show, you're right, broke it down in the short amount of time I got to listen to them. And it was literally like if Russell Wilson plays and the same pace happens, he'll pass Brett Favre uh, by before the end of two seasons from now. Not good. He'll be 34 when he sets the all-time sack mark. But I think, I think like Dan them. asked him the question. And the thing is he might not be playing. He might, he might be dead if he had, um, takes that many sacks. Let me see if I can find the uh, the actual it's a real amount of sacks. Uh, but but Dan asked him if uh, you know if, if I think uh, you know basically like will he be in Seattle? Um, and and he had said, well, I guess if he's going to be traded or, or be part, and he said, I'm not sure if I'm available or not. That's a C- it's a Seahawks question. Um, so, so clearly, the, the, there's a there's a rift in the relationship up there. Yeah, but that's uh, a real neutral answer. Answer. Too. It is. It certainly is. But like, I, it's a, it's a situation worth monitoring. Do I think he'll be under center? I do. Um, yes. But you know, <laughs> he's all well, yeah. But but I just there, there's he's clearly not happy, um, or or you know at least frustrated uh, with with taking the number of hits uh, that he Tell has. Me Maybe the answer is just letting him. Letting Seattle just accept the fact that they should just be like a shotgun, run-and-gun, shoot-em-up team instead of pretending you have a running game for three quarters and then being like, Russell, go win a game. You know what I mean? Like, oh, that's like true. Just, there's a lot of scenarios where it's like run, run, and it's it's like Mike Tomlin's offense. Like run, run, pass. And then it's like third down. They know they're throwing. So let's, the odds are let's round out. Let's round out the awards, and then we will, uh, we'll talk about the, the – Damn right. Let's move on to some other sports. Uh, that's the last topic I have. Uh, DraftKings breakout fan- daily fantasy player of the year, Buffalo Bills quarterback Josh Allen. Um, fan of the year, Tennessee Titans fan Brandon Galloway. Uh, okay. Okay. Um, Way to go, Brandon. I'd have to look more into that one to figure out what that's about. AP most valuable player, uh, Green Bay qu- quarterback Aaron Rodgers. Um, oh, and the uh, Walter Payton NFL man of the year, Seattle Seahawks quarterback uh, Russell Wilson. So those are your... Uh, NFL Just awards for the year. Feel like around. they feel like they got them pretty much right. Mostly right. Yeah, I, I don't. I mean, there's some weird ones that I was like, maybe I'd have picked someone else, but I didn't even know that was an award. Uh, but yeah, all the big ones, I think, uh, I hit pretty well. All right, and then finally, Sean, NFL uh, Super Bowl weekend always brings up the uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame class. This year's inductees, uh, first timers uh, on the ballot: wide receiver Calvin Johnson. Quarterback Peyton Manning, defensive back Charles Wilson, uh, Charles Woodson. Don't think there's really any argument against those three getting in uh, no, on their first shot, despite a really weird handful of voices there. If you ever heard that trio talk, <laughs> very strange. Be an awkward podcast if the three of them. It were would. Ever, it would. Yeah. I don't know if you like if you haven't checked rain. out if you haven't checked out Peyton's places on ESPN Plus. Oh, it's great. It is so good. We like we are finally digging through it. Yeah. Oh, it's and amazing. It's it, you know if you like the style of quarterback or uh, of comedians and cars getting coffee, 
but you love yeah. football. It's it's that like kind of kind of whimsical. It's so you know, well written comedy with like a with the, with the Peyton Manning Southern draw. Uh, but you know, much like in the Cars with Coffee, it's it's tied in by Seinfeld's love of cars. This is Peyton's love, love of, of football. football. I think my two and favorite really episodes well so far, where we only got through about halfway through season one, um, is the uh, the wide receiver episode where he's throwing the ball off the off the. Oh, uh, trying to the, recreate the catch down the, at Brian Parker. Yeah. By the way, a friend of ours, uh, Tim Callahan, uh, who's definitely not listening to this podcast, no. not a sports <laughs> guy, uh, but he got married in that park. That's where we were at for the wedding. All the photographs. No wedding. shit. Right, right at the the Bryant Park Grill. There, rented out the building. Married uh, on the rooftop there, overlooking the park. So and we then, were right there. Like, I really, li- I really like the one with uh, with uh, the kickers uh, when he went to Vinatieri and had the uh, good. the old marching band. So uh, definitely a fun watch. Uh, but rounding out the rest of the class, offensive lineman Alan Fanica, head coach uh, Tom Flores, safety John Lynch, scout. Build none. Yeah, the, the the bay down here pretty jacked. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, I would say so. Get a world championship. He's like their John GM Lynch. or something, They're right? A love now. guy down here. They love John Lynch. Oh my god! Uh, why wouldn't you? He's, he's part of the guy. reason there's super. They, they won their first Super Bowl. He used to tear the head off of people's shoulders. Uh, very different game today. Uh, but um, but yeah, good for good for him. So far, no one I would question on that. Uh, and then finally, finally getting in uh, wide receiver Drew Pearson uh, from the yeah. Dallas Cowboys. So uh, definitely uh, long overdue for him. Uh, it seems weird. Like, and I'm not comparing like Drew Pearson all time to Calvin Johnson because I think Calvin Johnson plays out his career. He's probably going down as as you know top five, top three wide receivers ever to play the game. But like, yeah, because you you had a physical specimen. You know, a point of the catch guy up there with a Randy Moss. Yeah, but he was also a hardworking, you know, Jerry Rice esque route runner, and it was a weird combination, and, and that's why nobody wanted to defend him. Mm-hmm. And that's why no one could. So it was, um, yeah, it was good to see him get in because I've been defending Calvin in a lot of circles. But like, uh, as it's just it's, it's such an f- interesting juxtaposition to see a guy, a wide receiver, get on his first ballot, and a guy like Drew Pearson who should have. By all accounts, been in years ago. Probably, yeah. Um, you know, I feel like he's very similar to Art Monk. Art Monk was a wide receiver. Um, took forever. That took forever to get in. Um, and I get like, I mean, when you're in the era just before, like, what really became like the flashy worldwide NFL, unfortunately, they're going to get overlooked. And it's going to continue to happen because now it's, you know, the offensive juggernauts. Like, and and stuff like that, they're going to start uh, really piling in and getting in. But uh, yeah, I mean, Peyton was Peyton, Charles Woodson, Calvin Johnson to me, uh, all were definite first timers. Uh, it would have been it would have been wrong if they wouldn't have gotten in um, on the on their first go. So you know, definitely uh, happy for them. Now we looked at to next year. There, there's a handful of guys that will be on the ballot for the first time next year and see if any of these jump off the page at you, Sean, for guys that should definitely get in. Uh, yeah, because I haven't looked into it, so this will be the first time. On their first shot. Days. So it's linebacker Demarcus Ware, wide receiver Devin Hester, uh, wide receiver yep. Steve Smith Sr., linebacker Robert Mathis, uh, defensive tackle Vince Wilfork, and then uh, wide receivers Andre Johnson and Anquan Bolden are your uh, are your notable first-time ballots. What was the first name? You said it was... Demarcus Ware. Marcus Ware. 
I don't know that he jumps off the page. I mean, the good news for a lot of the guys that are on their second, third, fourth, maybe go around. Is this it feels uh, like a lighter to, class. This might be a great year. Uh, I, I think of the names you said, uh, two of the wide receivers jump out. I, I would say a Steve Smith uh, probably jumps out ahead of everyone else for me, uh, despite the fact that I think Andre Johnson was a much more physically gifted wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, Andre Johnson, also a very liked uh, individual, gave a lot back to the community at Houston all over the country. He used to do that. I think he still does. I uh, believe Christmas so. Time, does the like Walmart goes, uh, pays oh, off. Oh, he goes in and pays off. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he, he uh, helps out a lot of inner city uh, families and things. So I think that's great. Uh, I'd have no problem with him getting in. I, I just would have to look at the numbers on Andre Johnson as far as longevity. I feel like he was hurt a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. Struggled to finish seasons, especially late in his career. I'd be curious where he stacks up on some of these lists. Uh, but Steve Smith, um, was incredibly dominant. He was a different style of wide receiver. He kind of led the way for some of these smaller guys that were just kind of, you know, um, and I'm not saying it was like a Wes Welker-esque because he didn't play that style of position, but he kind of told smaller guys, like, you can be a one or two, play on the outside, play on the inside, play wherever you want. You're just going to have to work hard to do it. Um, and he used to have to be tenacious. A lot of people said he was a dirty player, but I think doing what he did at his size had to be. So he jumps out to me as like, the one that I would probably give a first-year vote to. Some of those other defensive like – DeMarcus Ware I would have no problem with. Um, and there was a couple other you said, but but Steve Smith's the one, I think, to me, that really jumps out of the jumps out of the group. Yeah, I mean, obviously, as a Cowboys fan, like DeMarcus Ware um, – I yeah. think of DeMarcus Ware as a Bronco because it's I mean, just it's where the he won thing it, I It's where he won a Super Bowl, yeah. But, I mean, yeah. he was he was – spectacular as a cowboy and i'm gonna tell you that's what counts and yeah and his longevity um you know at at that position his dominance at that position is he is he a slam dunk first timer i don't think he is i think i think he'll get in i don't think there's any question not this year in the few absolutely yeah i don't think there's a question really on maybe this class that i really didn't see a lot of jump maybe that's his best shot maybe it was a good time to be a first ballot but like i i think People all like of these guys, I think all of these guys will definitely get in. Like, I mean, oh, yeah. um, but you know, if if I had to pick one from from that list, um, for for first timers, it would also probably be uh, Steve Smith as well. I mean, his he he was just he was just so good and dominant, and and the fact and for so long, and he was so little too. Like, I think that like. You know, in 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 an era and a position where we started, curious. I want to look up sometimes like, how many quarterbacks he played for. Oh well, Delome was Jake Delome was there for Jake was there for a while, quite a while. But once I don't know if he was on the team with Kerry Collins. I don't think he was there that long ago. But uh, he might but he been. also jumped around then. Oh, yeah, went to, well, he went to well, he went to Baltimore. Did he go anywhere else but Baltimore? Maybe that was it. Maybe that was it. All right, we'll have to check him out. But that's a that's that's a good list. Um, but like you said, if there are any other guys out there like, um, um, like your guy that just did, you know that are just waiting to get in, maybe they're like, oh, I'm getting overlooked. Yeah, he this only he only played your- with Carolina and Baltimore. Um, couple of highlight: five time Pro Bowler, two time First Team All Pro, second team All Pro. He was Comeback Player of the Year. He was he led the league in receptions, receiving yards, and touchdowns nine. in 2005. Yeah, and a five nine, uh, you know, fourteen thousand receiving yards, eighty one touchdowns. Uh, also had some return yards and touchdowns. So, I mean, you oh know. yeah, early in his career, especially, he did a lot of uh, 
a lot of that. Well, that's usually so. what happens when you're five foot nine as a wide receiver. <laughs> you usually get put as as a as a return guy. But um, ran a four three nine forty at the NFL Combine. That's fast. It's pretty fast. It's pretty damn fast. <laughs> I feel like he could have still ran that at the end of his career. Like I feel like he never really slowed down that much. But uh, but finally, Sean- in his rookie year, he just returned kicks. This is a great great thing to start off a career. He was a kick and punt returner primarily, led all rookies in net yardage with 1,994 yards, and he landed fourth place among all NFL players in all-purpose yards. The the three that beat him, Priest Holmes, Marshall Falk, and Derek Mason. Wow. So as a rookie, mostly returning kicks and punts, those were the only three guys with more all-purpose yards than Steve Smith his rookie year. Not pretty bad. Good. Pretty good. Pretty good. It's a pretty good start. Pretty good stage setter, yeah. Um, and finally, before we close out, we we talked about this, I don't know, maybe about a month or so ago when the NBA was really having a lot of issues with COVID. I mean, I think we're still seeing uh, some cases pop up here and there, but the NBA's kind of seemed to have tightened up the ship a little bit. Uh, the NHL obviously returned to play later uh, than the NBA and now are dealing with their own issues. Uh, I think, yep. what is it, Minnesota, New Jersey, um there's a, there's a couple other teams, the, the Sabers, and there's a fourth one um, that have pretty much been shut down for the entire week. Uh, we saw the Stars. Now. We saw the Stars oh, at the list. beginning. We saw the Stars at the beginning of the season. We saw the Panthers for a little bit, um, you know. And, and now tonight's game uh, was supposed to be the Caps and the Flyers. Uh, the Flyers have had two uh, players test positive. So uh, that- third, there was there was one originally, and so that had left everybody uh, questionable. But then today, uh, Giroux was added to the list. Okay, uh, so Giroud tested positive, um, and and it was three fairly big names uh, tested positive there um, for the for the Flyers: um, Giroud, Sondheim, and Braun, uh, all okay. uh, currently entering the COVID nineteen protocol. Um, it's at a Flyers place to tested positive on Monday night. Captain Claus Drew and Travis Sanheim and Justin Braun were added. So it doesn't say, I guess, right, that they all tested positive. There was a second player that tested positive today, but like also when you have close contacts, that's where you get put in onto that, that, that uh, protocols list. Yeah, that's uh, true. Because yeah. that, happened with, that happened with the Capitals when Sam Sonoff, and now we found out Evgeny Kuznetsov. Well, I guess Kuznetsov, they said, never tested positive, but he had COVID-like symptoms. Um they were on the list for three weeks. Alex Ovechkin, Dmitry Orlov were on it for four games. Avalanche are on that list. Avalanche are the other that. ones. Avalanche are the. I think the only team so far, or at least as of the other day, that didn't have a player that had tested positive was the St. Louis Blues. Um, yeah. So the NHL. And here's the thing: like players and teams and and coaching staffs, things like that, they're going to have. Uh, cases in close contacts. We know that from the NFL. We know that from Major League Baseball. We know that from the NBA. We know that from every sport. But, like, it, it's a huge contrast from last summer when, you know, they, they bubbled and you didn't have a positive test for seven or eight straight weeks. And now, you know, now the NHL's in a situation where they're, like, removing the glass behind the benches. They're trying to create more airflow they're they're trying to limit the amount of time players and coaches spend in in the in the arena even on game day um you know and, and we had talked about this leading into the season that you know if the NHL was going to be able to pull this off 
Um, you know, it's an indoor sport. It is a contact sport. Um, you know, it's very different than baseball and football, which are primarily outdoor sports. Um, you know, so we were curious how this was going to work out. Um, and, and, and so far it, it hasn't, hasn't been spectacular. You've had numerous games, uh, juggled and postponed and rescheduled and things like that. And, and it, you know, you, you got to call into question and wonder, um, you know, is the league going to be able to finish this? Should they cause it, call a timeout for a couple of weeks and, um, you know, do cause I know, you know, they said they had kind of looked into the idea of these hybrid bubble sort, sort of situations where, you know, a handful of teams go into a city, um, and they, they basically play there for, for, for two weeks, go home and then go back, uh, you know, play for another two weeks. So, um, I think the NHL, and then I'm not, you know, obviously they, they have to be spending all of their waking hours at this point trying to figure this out and, and make sure they can do what's right and, and what have you. But like the, the NHL has a pretty, pretty big problem on its hands right now uh, that, that they really need to get a hold of. Otherwise, um, you know, this, this season could definitely uh, be in trouble. I think be in jeopardy, you know, the NBA and, you know, I, I would be making, maybe figuring out. And I get they're two very different sports, but I'd be making calls to the NBA going, what did you guys do to kind of kind of get this thing under control? And, and maybe they already have. I don't know. But, you know, I, I think the NHL is, is really in a precarious situation. Well, and you're, you're, you're seeing a scenario where, you know, it's come up kind of uh, on some broadcast with the NFL because uh, the NFL was a sport that we thought was going to have a lot of uh, positives and a lot of issues. One, because many cities were allowing fans, but also just the number of players and personnel on a sideline. And there's been a lot of people that have questioned the NFL's handling of the COVID protocols uh, in that, yeah, yeah, sure, like there weren't. But there were a lot of strange scenarios where it's like, oh, uh, these guys are on the COVID list. And then, like, uh, he's a star and he might not play. And then, like, well, it turns out he's fine. Um, and right. I, I think there was a lot of scenarios in the NFL where I, I just kind of question. Like, even going into the Super Bowl where it's like, no positive tests on Friday. And I'm like, are you going to test them on Saturday and Sunday? Right. Is there a chance someone's going to run into the game and, like, snatch someone off the field? Because, well, like, we know that, that I mean. Like, I, it happened in the World Series where it's like, oh, yeah, it turns out that guy can't play. Get him out of there. Um, like, do you set yourself could up you for that kind of Could you imagine if that would have happened to, like. Oh, you know what? It's okay if more people get it. Could you have imagined if that would have happened to like Brady or Mahomes? And like I'm like just halfway through the second quarter, they were like you're checking the tests, <laughs> and you're like everybody takes the test on Saturday and Sunday morning. They're looking at them, and the name on the list as a positive is Mahomes, showing no symptoms. Pat, how you feel, man? You all right? I feel good. Right. Do you just erase the name? Like, and I think that's the fear, and I think it. You know, in my opinion, is it a question I have of the NBA? Sure. Like when you all of a sudden go right, from like they hand the sheet all the time, and yeah. early in the NFL season, it was like, look what we're doing—we're quarantining. Like we're really responsible, and like this team might never play again. <laughs> like like they this hand, team, they, four weeks we've had to move bye weeks, and like was there a point when they were like, "Yo, we don't have any bye weeks to play with. Stop canceling damn games." Right. And they're like, well, what if they're like have the virus? And like, well, how bad do they, you know, like was there like a level? And I really hope it doesn't come down to because if, if they did sweep cases under the rug or erase names off a list or somehow bump people to a level, it's going to come out. Right. You're not going to be able to like keep that under wraps. Anymore where you can, you're like this hub 
of money and owners that like just controls the bubble underneath you. And if you wanted to be that person, you would have just made everybody play in a bubble and have no fans. Right. Um, but you didn't. So do I think they covered up some cases? Yes. Oh, I do I, think. I'm that. sure of it. I'm sure of it. some of it happened at a team level and not necessarily an NFL level. Also, yes. Right. Like a team doctor gets a report and he's like, what's this? Is today, is today's COVID report? Do I think hey, money Tom, expands Tom, to get names off of lists? Tom, how you feeling today? Tom, you feeling good? All right, cool. Cool, yeah, Tom's fine. <laughs> Tom's great. Tom's doing good. He's doing real good. Does anybody uh, have the COVID report for today? Right. <laughs> Do I think there's like a weird hypothetical scenario in my brain where doctors are like bribing t- players to like get their names off of a list? Like, hey, just so you know, you tested positive for this virus. But I can make that go away. Yeah, I can. I can accidentally bump the delete or button. <laughs> I could make it sound more serious than it is. You know, like is there a weird? Do I think that probably happened? No, not like that. Not not in my creepy Orson Welles esque shenanigans that I just did. Whatever that impersonation I was doing, Orson <laughs> Welles as the Chiefs team doctor. Uh, but no, I was. Um, but do I see a scenario where somebody was like, "Yo, I'll just give you a thousand dollars to cross me off that list," like? Yeah, yeah, I could see that happening. Uh, and do I see that happening in the NBA or the NHL or any other sport? I'm not saying it's just a football thing. Sure. I could see weird shenanigans happen. Um, I mean, Christ, one of the major sports covered up steroids for a good part of a decade. So, you know, there's some things we find out later. Uh, hopefully this isn't one of them. But um, but good for the NBA if they did figure it out. Good for those players if they were like, shoot, what do you mean? We won't get paid? Like Maybe that's how they had to explain it. Yeah. You won't get to play. And they're like, man, that's cool. I'll just play at my house. And they're like, no. Like, You're you not going to make money. The season, you get no money. And then fan players were like, oh, wait, what? You know, <laughs> I feel like maybe that happened in the NFL, too. Possibly. Maybe that was like a rookie wake up. Like, stop going out. Yeah. And like, and, and I mean, here's the thing is like, you know. I had I had a I had a friend that, that that said you know like the NHL's to blame for um you know for the situation with with this team or that team and I'm like how you can't you know you can you can say that but you you're not necessarily accurate on it like the NHL lays out a list of of like rules and protocols and whatever are they the best they could do I don't know probably not it's a sport that like Guys literally, like, bang into each other and, like, spit on the ice and shit like that. So, like, you know, maybe there's things that they could be doing better. But the bottom line is, like, people are responsible for themselves. Like, they have to make the right choices themselves. Their families have to make the right choices. I'm like, because here's the thing. You can do everything right in the entire world. But if if a person you live with doesn't make the best choices, then everything you personally do is is thrown out the window or if the guy sitting next to you in the locker room if their you know if their girlfriend or wife or spouse or you know kid or whatever is going out and making bad choices and and they come back and they're close contact and they spread it to you you know then what you did um you know is is you know kind of nullified like i'm not i'm not sitting here saying that every person who's plays in the NHL that their family should not be allowed to go out and do anything. Um, it may be smarter to not really do anything, but like, you know, like you just, you have to be more aware of this situation. You have to take everything into account. And really, I mean, based on what's happening around the NHL, 
clearly there's problems. And like, I don't think it's just a matter and uh, of t- of of the nature of a contact sport. Football is a contact sport. Baseball guys do get close to each other. The NBA is a sport where there is close contacts throughout the game. So it's not just that. To me, it says that there that there are issues off the ice. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, the the Washington Capitals and it had it had four players end up in COVID protocol because they were hanging out in a hotel room while like while they were on the road and that that is against right. league sometimes, rules like, sometimes we don't get a, a good word as to whether did they all test positive like we hear like they're in covid protocols well what happened what happened with know. the capitals is their goalie and then kuznetsov um ended up like samsonov tested positive 24 years old said he had trouble breathing and walking so that should be a wake up call to everybody and it's like this guy's in like twenty four year old athlete. A twenty four year old athlete. I'm thirty five year old and fat. Like I don't want to get this thing. But anyway, no. so like it was Samsonov, Kuznetsov, Orlov, and Novechkin, the four four Russians that were hanging out in a, in, a, in a hotel room while they were on the road. Samsonov test positive. Kuznetsov had symptoms. Uh, luckily, Ovechkin and Orlov didn't. But like that's why that rule's in place. But then you see pictures of the Tampa Bay Lightning having like a team get-together party for the Super Bowl, and I'm going – because, like, the Caps, like, they got fined, and, like, they had four players on the on the list, and I'm going, like – so, like and, – and, like, it's not just the players. It's, like, wives and girlfriends and whatever. So I'm going, like, this is why there's a COVID problem in the NHL, and, like, why aren't – why aren't they uh, – basically their whole team in COVID protocol – uh, at this point. So like, I, I just, I think there needs to be smarter decisions made. Um, you know, and, and maybe it is, maybe it's something you sit down and say, look, if we don't finish this season, you're not going to get paid. Uh, that's why the AHL is currently playing. I think it's like a 38 game season, uh, with potentially no playoffs. They've already said they're not going to play for the Calder cup. Uh, even if there is a playoff, it's going to be like, it's going to be shortened because there's teams who opted out, but like these guys need to get paid too. So they're like, let's figure out a way to play. Um, but we will obviously continue to monitor the situation with the NHL uh, and the NBA. And as we get closer to baseball season, uh, we will take a look at that uh, as well. Sean, any any stats or anything else to add this week before we uh, get out of here? Uh, I don't know about stats. I will say it kind of one of my on-this-day things that came up. thought it was an interesting one uh, for you. Uh, and it's tomorrow. It's the... Uh, uh, the the 10th uh, of um, of February, but uh, on the 10th of February, back in 1989, to gain deregulation, the WWF admitted to uh, a New Jersey court that wrestling is an exhibition and not a sport. I'd imagine that was the coining of the term sports entertainment. I'm sure um, uh, at that point, but it was it was uh, tomorrow was the day uh, in 1989 that that happened. Uh, so, uh, that was pretty, uh, pretty interesting. Uh, I thought also today, most interesting thing happened today. Not a lot of things on the list. Uh, the winter Olympics added the two man bobsleigh to the, uh, to the Olympic list of events. Uh, that was back in the 1920s. I don't have the year in front of me, but I thought that was a pretty interesting one. Um, definitely happy that happened. I love watching me some bobsleigh. Oh, bobsleigh, luge. And, uh, what's the other one? Skeleton. Yeah. Luge. That's the sport that. It's it's weird people get into it because no matter how well you do, you're you're still a loser. Yeah, 
Well, I'm a dad now, so I can get away with You can, like yeah. That. You're right. You're right. Um, you can get away with that one. Sean, tell people where they can follow you. All right, I'll tell you where you can follow you. As I, uh, as I kind of roll my way out of here, I'm going to kind of, for my video folks at home, I'm going to unveil uh, Nicky scored himself a goal in the backyard the other day. Gave it a bit of a celebration at the end. Give him the th- arms up. He shoots, he scores. Um, but we're going to say goodbye to you. We're saying goodbye to football season. Of course, it's a very sad day. But there are brighter days ahead. Uh, baseball equipment's on their way here to the Tampa Bay. So hopefully we get some baseball. And um, let's hang in there and hope for the NHL. But either way, whatever sport you play, whatever sport you watch, be safe, be smart. For the, for the love of everything, just put on the mask. Even if you don't believe it works, some people just do. Humorous. And they'll, they'll just be a humorous. lot easier to you if you do. So uh, keep doing that. Come check me out at Sean Shine State, S-H-A-W-N, Sean Shine State. We're here in Florida, but our heart's in Philly. Uh, Godspeed. All right, Sean, we'll talk to you either next week or the following. Not sure when uh, our next show will be, but you can uh, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, at Huddle Up Podcast, uh, Instagram, we're at Huddle Up Pod. You can follow me at Big Jim Sports. Make sure you're subscribed to the show on all podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music. Uh, check out our home network, of course, NGSC Sports at NGSCSports.com. Uh, you'll hear from our sponsor, Arena Eats, here in just a second. But also make sure you head over to whatamaneuver.net. That is whatamaneuver.net. Find the Huddle Up podcast uh, store over there. We have one design up, and uh, it just launched today. We have uh, T-shirts, sweatshirts, hoodies, long-sleeve tees, women's T-shirts, kids' T-shirts, baby onesies. We got we got gear for the whole family. More designs uh, will be coming here in the uh, coming weeks. Uh, make sure you check that out and uh, support the show and uh, give us a follow and uh, subscribe as well. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Until next week or the next time we talk to you, please stay safe, please mask up, please stay smart, and go for the win. Huddle Up Podcast is sponsored by Arena Eats. Log on to the website, arenaeats.app, that's arenaeats.app, for the ultimate fan experience. At your favorite sports venue, Arena Eats mobile app, pre-order, express pickup, and in-seat delivery. How do you place your order?